thousand feet up, breaking all the lights on the doors. And I ain't seen no ceilings. We came in through the top floor. You're listening to Feminist Killjoys PhD, an hour of feminism, pop culture, and politics, as discussed by two professional Killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we'll be discussing um, a bunch of answers from a AOL era survey that Melody and I took, kind of. <laughs> we, we decided that after so many heavy topics the past couple weeks, we really needed something lighthearted and we thought it would be hilarious and fun to do one of those old school surveys that you fill out an email to your friends or put on your AOL profile. And we did a bunch of those and realized those questions were really like heteronormative and made for like 14 year olds. So we kind of made our own survey. So we're going to just have fun and get to know each other more again. Have you ever stayed up past 10 p.m.? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was. Yeah. Well, anyway, they were they were very funny. Um, So it's going to be fun. But. First, Melody, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Everywhere on the internet. You can subscribe uh, via iTunes and you can leave us a review. Those are really fun to read on air. Uh, you can follow, we have an Instagram account, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter is FKJ underscore PhD. I love all the tweets that people send us with. Uh, uh, compliments, so that's always fun. And uh, we also have a P- uh, Feminist Killjoys PhD mixtape on Spotify, which is very hip and cool. We have a website, feministkilljoyspodcast.com, where we often post or where we always post uh, links and resources to things that we're talking about. So if anything is extra interesting to you, you should always make sure to stop over at our website. And while you're there, you could give us a little money for some coffee um, or my rage pills that I need to take. Uh, We also have a Patreon account um, where you can kind of set up like a recurring donation. So any of that is super appreciated for our feminist media studies labor. And of course, you can always email me because I'm still in 2004 at fkj.phd at gmail.com. Cool. You covered it all. Thank you. Um, I also just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of our friends slash fans. Last week, we talked about how awesome Timothy is, our friend Timothy, for inviting listeners. And I, um, Louie, our listener Louie and our friend Caitlin did the same thing and invited some folks. So I think we're only like 15 away um, from our goal. So we really just need like 15 more people to follow us on Facebook to meet our 400 followers by the end of June goal. So please invite your friends. We only have a few days left for us to meet our goal. (laughs) It's like we're on NPR. Mm -hmm. It's the pledge drive. (laughs) Except this is free and we don't have Hamilton tickets to offer you. Um, Is that what they were offering at Boston's NPR? uh, Yeah. Boston did it and so did Chicago because I have them both on my social media. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So we don't mess around in those cities, I guess. We just give out tote bags. Right, right. I love my Minnesota tote bag, actually. It's excellent. Really? You would suggest oh, yeah. I get... Maybe I'll donate. Well, I always oh, yeah. give them like five bucks, but... I, yeah, I really like it. It's good. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Good. Anyway. All right. That's that. What okay. have you been up to this week? Well, I'm really into this uh, app called Iniko Atsume. It's that cat app. Did I tell mm. you about it? No, you didn't. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. I mean, it sounds familiar, Oh, but my I... God. You'll love it. It's from Japan. Mm -hmm. And the point of it's a game and you just collect cats in your yard and you put out treats and food and toys and then they leave you fish and then you can use the fish to buy other things. Yeah. So me and my buddy uh, who's seven years old, we're really into it. And I only see this buddy like, you know, once a month or something. So I'm in charge of maintaining the cat sanctuary while you know we're not together and then I report back so I've been really invested in that that's fun yeah it is actually really fun just to like I don't know if you love cats I mean it reminds me a little bit of like the 90s like were they called like nano pets or something like Tamaguchi or uh, it was like a digital pet I know I know it's like yeah yeah, I can't remember the name except 
unlike that one, these cats don't die. They just <laughs> go visit other yards. So well, like, it's you, like it's like when your pet dies as a kid and your parents are like, they went to a farm. <laughs> really? That's what no. happens? Uh, That's so what your parents I, said? Well, my I had a bunny that I think my mom lied about running away when it was actually eaten by like a wild, like a feral animal because we lived by the woods. Um, and she told me that later. So okay. that's my story about that. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Anyway, what else? I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, it's Pride Weekend here in the Twin Cities. So I'm going to, today is kind of a bad day because it's super hot out and we're supposed to get thunderstorms soon, but I'm going to go to the parade tomorrow and some of my friends... We have it, um, prides are different around the country, obviously, but ours is like, we have this giant parade and then it dumps you into this big giant park where people have booths up and food and music and stuff. And it's free, um, which is nice because in Milwaukee, you have to pay to go to yeah. pride and I don't know. So anyway, so I'm excited about that. Um, I've injured my elbows, uh, weightlifting. So that's awesome. Oh, well, that's badass though. Has that ever happened to you where you like annoy the tendons behind your elbow? Um, I don't know that my elbows have ever felt that. I've had elbow burns from doing plank. Mm. Um, Is that the, that's what they call that new sex positions, plank? <laughs> hey, whoop. Oh. Sorry, it's Pride, um, it's pride Weekend. It's, right, everything. It's, it's in the air. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway. I have like a uh, ace bandage on my elbow just to like wrap yeah. it up to make it feel better. I don't know. Anyway, stupid. Right. I always get injured. It's really annoying. Mm. Um, and then the Lynx finally lost this season, mm. so I'm a little bummed about it. I went to the game by myself last night, which was fun, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I didn't have an... Everybody was busy with Pride, so nobody wanted to go with me. Yeah. But also, it was it was a sold-out game, and so I could only find single-seat tickets anyways. Yeah. How much more prideful could you get than, like, a group of mostly, not maybe not mostly, but many lesbian women. Oh, yeah. Right. And all the fans are like, it's lesbian central up in right. there. That is right. like for sure. Right. <laughs> um, because um, across the street, two hours or maybe almost at the same time that the game was ending, there was the grown and sexy pride mm-hmm. thing and that people get dolled up. So it just seemed yeah. a lot for people to have to transition. Totally. From... Yeah. I can't do more than one like genre of event. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that was the only thing because a big pride event was happening last night and yeah. people felt pulled. But anyways, I celebrated my lesbianism by celebrating the links and watching them. So that was fun. <laughs> and how, how are things with you? Uh, pretty good. Speaking of basketball, I watched the Cavs game on mm. Sunday night mm-hmm. and um, was so proud and so excited because I am a Clevelander. That is my hometown. And I actually really like watching basketball, and I just don't do it very often. Um, and uh, they're just like, ugh, just amazing human beings with who are many of them attractive and <laughs> nice. It's okay. Very, can, very nice to ahead. watch. Um, <laughs> so I was really proud of Cleveland and um, excited for my for my hometown. Um, we went to Detroit one night this week. Saw a show. Ate at one of my favorite vegetarian slash vegan restaurants. And I got a yoga job here for the summer. So at the you YMCA. did. Yeah. So I'm not, so it'll be like the money I spend on coffee a week that I will make. <laughs> but that's better than, than the nothing that we get paid, even though we work as academics all the time. Um, so I'm grateful for that. That's cool. I'm curious to hear more about how teaching at the Y is because. It's a different student body than my studio. Right, right. So I'm just curious, like, you know, you'll have to report back because I'm a member of the YWCA mm-hmm. and I'm assuming they're like similar clientele, yeah. Yeah. but I love, I mean, the teachers, it's just like an awesome vibe. It's just yeah. like all body types. I've already ranted right. about this, but like, I just love the space. So I hope that things go well for you there. Yeah, I think I'm excited. So namaste. Namaste. Okay. So, uh, we're going to be super posy for most of the episode, but let's talk about who's ruining the dinner party first. Oh, yeah. We can talk about this because we kind of disagree. Yeah, this is my... This is hard. So this week, we're not going to dwell on all the horrible news that came out this week because we just need, like, a break. <laughs> but um, 
One thing that I felt was somewhat positive is the no bill, no break sit in that happened. Um, but of course, you know, the person, the people that are ruining the dinner party are the Republicans that refuse to vote for basic like gun control bills. Like every time the, a mass shooting happens, Democrats push a bill, the Republicans don't vote for it or the Republicans refused to vote for it. And then, so this time it got even worse because the Republicans wouldn't even like allow it to come to the floor. And so the Democrats sat in for like 24 hours. Obviously there's lots of critiques to that, especially because the no fly, no buy thing was one of their slogans. So if you're on the no fly list, which is already very problematic, you shouldn't be allowed to buy a gun. Um, which, so I heard the reason why they were doing that, and Rachel, I'm curious what your response is, is mm-hmm. that they knew, like, Republicans love to fight terrorism. And so if they wouldn't even vote for no fly, no buy, that means that they love terrorism more than, you know, gun, con- like, they love terrorism more than they want to protect us from uh, people with guns. So, like, they don't actually agree with it, with no fly, no buy, but they're doing it to set up the Republicans to look really bad. Your thoughts? This is why I'm not a fucking Democrat, because (laughs) that's so gross. Like, oh, we'll be super racist so that we can, like, be strategic. Like, we'll Mm -hmm. be strategically racist and do this. We'll talk about gun control in the context of banning brown people from owning guns, basically, at the end of the day. And fueling Islamophobia and probably setting the foundation for another war. Like, we'll do that, but we're going to, like, pretend to be really righteous about it because we're going to do, like, a fucking civil rights era sit-in that will mean absolutely nothing because the way that, like, our government works is that Paul Ryan can just say, nope, nah, and that's it. So I just thought it was one egregious embarrassment after another. It was, like, first, Democrats are fucking racist. Second... You're going to fuel the flames of war. Third, the sit-in means nothing. You're not fucking MLK. Like, sorry. Um, uh, Just, yeah, the two-party system is ruining the dinner party. Like, electoral politics is ruining the dinner party for me. Like, I thought, uh, I just was not excited about it. And I know a lot of my friends on Facebook were, but I just wanted to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, once I started reading more about it, And realizing what I was like, oh, sitting in like this must be like a really strong bill. But then once I started learning what the actual bill was that they were fighting for, it was like not worth a sit in. Right. You know, like you threw away your sit in card for this. Like that seems a little weird. But, you know, it's interesting, like you were bringing up uh, MLK and the civil rights movement. And like Representative John Lewis was the one that spearheaded I know, which bums me out because he should like, well, this is what happens when you get swept into electoral politics, though, like all your like grassroots civil rights social movement work becomes, you know, um, co-opted by mainstream government. And so instead of like facing rabid dogs in the hose, you're like facing other really rich people in suits who aren't going to let you do what you want to do. I don't know. It just seemed, it was, yeah, I hear you. Like that dude is awesome, but not in my opinion, like his, you know, how the mighty have fallen, I guess. <laughs> well, on that killjoy note, uh, <laughs> yeah. we can like do some like surveys. Yeah. So um, that's our, that's our only buzzkill. I'll just say like, you know, shout out to our comrades in England because um, that really sucks. Uh, yeah. So I talk about, you know, just really quickly say that, you know, the people who voted um, for Brexit uh, are also ruining the dinner party. We might um, be able to have an episode on that uh, later because I have a friend from England who has some really good insights. So we'll see. But um, those those two buzzkill, the killjoy things um, aside... Shall we get to our, like, late 90s, early 2000s era survey? Yeah. So for listeners who weren't around in the 90s or early 2000s when there was the internet, it was, like, really common on MySpace and then, like, through email to post these, like, super long surveys, like, 100 questions and fill them all out. And then, like, your friends would all take turns and then you would read them. It's 
like the most and they're the most mundane questions too as you will see through some of ours although we've feministized some of them but uh like favorite color first time you went on a roller coaster and then they just like really elicit like two or three word responses and like what color shirt are you wearing (laughs) yeah but we like i don't know what it who knows with internet trends but man we were really into them and so we thought it would be fun to fill some out and just like talk about some of them that have fun stories behind them and we will also post the full surveys because we can't get through all 50 questions we'll post the full surveys on our website so you can uh read them and i'll tweet out some of the specific answers too that are really good so love like, it sounds sound good okay i want to start with uh oh let's start with this one rachel what's your feminist your favorite feminist leader uh, definitely Angela Davis. Uh, I picked Angela Davis because she is a feminist and a Marxist and a prison abolitionist and obviously an anti-capitalist and is really just so intersectional about her politics. And she just stands for everything. Every word she writes, I'm like aggressively nodding and snapping. And she's just like truly a hero. Cool. Yeah. Mine is uh, Manchita from Girl Party. <laughs> <laughs> everything she's I just love I just love her it might be an obsession but like I just really love her but then also when I saw this question my mind went immediately to the riot girl era and all of the awesome women in the punk scene who really push boundaries in that way so my brain didn't go to like one outstanding leader which is interesting that's a feminist move in itself right yeah yeah I'm not, yeah, but just kind of, like, more moments. And so, like, I definitely think, like, women hip-hop artists and women Riot girl people are, like, the ones that I really look up to. And, like, Mm -hmm. they give me chills and I'm, like, fist pumping and, like, ah. Yeah, totally. Well. Yeah. Um, What, Rachel, who was your first crush? My first crush was a boy named David Dresky. Uh, He was my neighbor. He looked like Zach Morris, but he had brown hair instead of blonde hair. And we had crushes on each other, but also kind of like we're doing that whole socialized, like he would pretend he didn't like me sometimes, which is like off, like an awful sort of thing that boys are taught to like be mean to girls. But then he would be really nice to me other times. And he proposed marriage to me by taking the butt of a lightning bug and like tearing off the butt and like wrapping it into a piece of grass and like made this ring with like this glowing lightning bulb butt as like a... No way. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, it was pretty romantic. Um, so, and awfully and cruel. Like, I don't think yeah. that as a kid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he moved away, I think when, gosh, I don't remember. I was, I don't know, I was probably ten, nine or 10 or something. And my mom's been in touch with their family because they were, we were family friends, but I don't know what happened to him. Okay. What about you? I think mine was, this is very apropos to like how I, live life an older man Mm -hmm. uh he was my fourth grade i think he was like a history teacher of mine Mm -hmm. mr k i can't remember his last name but i was like clearly going through like hormonal times Mm -hmm. you know and i remember i like got extra help because i was always an overachiever so i got extra help from him during like recess or lunch or something Mm -hmm. and he took off his sweatshirt he had a t-shirt on underneath but he took off his sweatshirt and i got all hot and bothered because i thought Mm -hmm. that like that was for me or something. like I right. was really convinced that he liked me too and oh my god <laughs> oh yeah I had crushes on older guys that I were convinced that they liked me too when I was like 11 oh my god <laughs> I, I certainly hope that I don't think I don't think they actually did but you no, just you, no, read, you right. read into that stuff yeah and like yeah absolutely just to be clear like yeah there was no sign that he had any interest <laughs> yeah. in me I was just fully convinced that you know yeah I was, yeah. yeah. And hormones, you know, the new hormones are like, right. what is this feeling I'm getting right. when, right. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord. Okay. What is your favorite tattoo um, that you have? Right. So as we've discussed, I have quite, quite a few. Um, I think my favorite aesthetically is my mom tattoo. It's like an old style, traditional, like, um, like Sailor Jerry style, just like a heart with a banner that says mom. And I just really love that that look. Um, so I really like that. It's big, and I love my mom, so that's good. Um, 
And then also my unicorn tattoo, which is a friendship tattoo that I got with um, a group of friends that we we just call each other queer world. We're like queer family and um, we all have matching close, closely matching. They're resembling each other unicorns with the letter Q on them. Those are my faves. You? Um, my actually my two favorites are my parent tattoos, too. My dad tattoo that I have. And then have you seen my Swedish horse tattoo yet? I don't know that I have. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we've seen each other. Time out. Can I tell people? Yeah. Rachel, what? About okay. November. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Rachel. I'll show it to you in November Ooh, when we yay. see each other in person mm. at the National Communication Association Conference. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, it's exciting. That's going to be a fun, a fun time. So I'll get to see it in person. So tell me more about it now, though. Anyways, it's uh, an homage to my mother because she's uh, from Swedish heritage. And she has these, like, Swedish horses all around her house. And so I just got one tattooed on me by a uh, woman tattoo artist that I love. So love it. I'm going to add to it, too. Anyways, but so those are my faves. Great. Um, Okay, next question. Where, like, where would you want to travel the most? Um, I've always really wanted to go to... Puerto Rico. Um, one of my mentors in Chicago is a Puerto Rican independentista. She's like super badass, like wants independence for Puerto Rico and is just like an amazing woman who's fights gentrification and does racial justice stuff and is just like super, super amazing. And so part I've partly wanted to go because of her and how she talks about this like really rich political history of that land. Um, but then I also feel those feelings you had that you talked about in your ugly tourist episode. So I feel feelings about that, but I would definitely go and like, try to like learn stuff about, about that, that struggle. But I also do admittedly, like I've never really been to like a tropical beach. I've never been to like someplace like with beautiful beaches and water. Like I've, I've never really done that. So I would really, um, other than Florida, I guess, but I would like to do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like top, that's like high on the list. And when you said I was, uh, when you said Puerto Rico, I also thought that I would want to visit Cuba. Mm -hmm, My first answer, my first answer was India because my best friend as a child was from India. And so I've kind of grown up like, well, because I like would spend so much time over at their house that like I grew up with their culture, but I've never been able to go to India. Mm -hmm. So I would love to go. um, But then I was also like, oh, I really want to check out Cuba but then there's totally. this interesting thing about, well, now that we're a lot, like, things are going to change. Like, it's going to get less Cuba-rific, like, once right. uh, the U.S., inf- the Western influence comes down. Right. Um, and so I kind of want to see it before it changes. Right. Because I don't like to visit Western places, even though yeah. I have a lot of problems <laughs> visiting non-Western places. Like, right. if I'm going to spend the money to go somewhere, I don't want to go to a place that looks like America. They just have accents or, you know, speak a slightly different language. So those are my answers. Um, There was a question about like our first best friend, right? Yep. What? So that was my first best friend, Angie. I hung at her house. Um, Who was your first best friend? Uh, Her name is Kimberly. Uh, I called her Kimmy growing up though, or Kimmy cat. I was Kimmy or she was Kimmy cat. I was Rachel rat. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and she's, I, I knew her, so I, we met the day before preschool and have been really close ever since. I still see her every time I go home and, um, she's a mom of two beautiful babies and, um, I love her very much. Rad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now here's a, here's a deeper question. What is your gender identity and your sexual orientation? P.S. Mm-hmm. Did you write this one? Is this one of your questions? I did. Yeah. Okay. All right. you, you, I don't think that would have ever shown up. I don't know. I don't know where you get the, I, you know, we're just picking these surveys out of the internet. So I wasn't. Right, right. Maybe you found like a feminist MySpace 17 magazine survey. Yeah, no, I should have searched for that, but I didn't. Um, so my gender identity, uh, although I am like, I am a cis woman, I more so identify with the late, with the identity femme. Um, which to me denotes a particular kind of queer femininity that really um, explains my gender expression. 
um, some I would sometimes I'm would almost venture into being like high femme, so really into like traditionally feminine. We've talked about this high heels, makeup, that kind of stuff, but not always. Sometimes just plain old femme. Um, so that's my gender identity. Uh, my sexual sexual orientation is queer. I also just very recently learned the term androsexual, which refers to uh, people who are attracted to masculinity, and that's definitely like a sort of a bottom line of my attractions is that I'm been in a lot of relationships with cisgender men who are, you know, very various forms of masculine and also butch women who are masculine and transgender men who are masculine. Um, I've just never been sexually attracted to um, fem- feminine gender presentations that much. Um, so androsexual and queer. That is a cool term. I had to yeah. look that one up. Yeah. Um, I learned another term. Um, I should have looked, I should have reminded myself, but uh, somebody, uh, my friend told me that there's a new term in the queer world for people who are happy when they're part, if you're in a poly situation, your partner mm-hmm. is happy that you're happy with another person. Mm. Interesting. Like, yeah. Com- maybe I'll, I'll look it up when you're talking. Yeah. Uh, cool. It just reminded me of like, like the queer world is amazing because mm-hmm. you just like keep making up, not making up, but creating new terms to really totally. um, pinpoint your identity and it just, yeah. Anyway, so I identify as a girl or a woman and I like to use the Y instead of the A because mm. uh, <laughs> I don't like the patriarchy. <laughs> um, and then I identify as not straight, if that makes sense. Rachel, you know me pretty well. But, like, I would say queer, but also, like, just not straight. Um, makes me feel good. And, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite of you, where I'm, like, really attracted to femmy people. Is there a word for being attracted to, like, femmy boys? Yeah. Well, it would be a similar thing, like, femininity in whatever form that ends up taking. Um, I forget what g- – gynosex? Like, with a G? Like, gynos- gynosexual? Like, gynosexual. I think that's what it was. Cool. Yeah. I'm a gynosexual. Mm-hmm. that's cool yeah so anyways that's my that's my deal mm-hmm. femi boys femi people like mm-hmm. and it's interesting because even though i like rail on high femme women like those are the people that i find the most attract like women that i find the most attractive are like super femi women right so yeah there yeah. you go but speaking of which there's a question on our amazing survey about whether we like makeup and obviously rachel your answer is yes yeah enthusiastically enthusiastically yes and I because I'm not uh yeah I'm more of a riot girl than any well they wear makeup too anyways I'm not a big fan of makeup I actually make a point to not wear makeup when I teach um and Rachel and I have different like modes of presentation when we teach but I don't wear makeup but now I've been every once in a while I'll like get on a lipstick kick or mm-hmm. if I'm going to a concert, I'll, like, get really dolled up. But on the day-to-day, I, I don't really wear makeup. And it's really because I, when I started biking is when I really yeah. peeled back the makeup situation. Because it's like you're sweating and you – I would just, like, my makeup would just smear everywhere because I'd be wiping right. off the sweat and then there goes half my makeup. And so it was just – I didn't feel like spending the time on maintenance. So I just killed Yeah, that. that's – that's totally real. When I biked more, it, I didn't, yeah, I just, it, I had to navigate that in a, in a different way. Yeah. Cause that's difficult. Yeah. Although sometimes I do like to wear lipstick when I'm working out. Cause at least I can maintain, yeah. that's easier to maintain than like mascara and eyeliner right. and all that crap. So, right. and I love glitter. Any glitter thing is like my jam. Yeah. So definitely more like costume makeup for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what would, what job would you have if you didn't have your job as a professor? What's your dream job? Um, I, like my sort of realistic dream job would be some kind of journalist slash web writer. Um, one of my sort of secret idols is Anne Helen Peterson. She was, um, Mm -hmm. a communication professor who got dicked over by academia because as, as we're wont to do. And, um, she left, she was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like keep getting dicked over. So she left and started writing for Buzzfeed and writes these beautiful, amazing, like long form pieces that are 
somewhat academic, but also just like really accessible. There's, they're just, they're like accessible, smart, um, articles about pop culture and life and politics. And so I'm, I, I would love to do something like, like that. Cause I like writing. Um, but I do, but I would miss teaching, but so that's like a realistic one that like, I've actually considered trying to get into. Um, but the less realistic one, but who knows, um, would be to own, like a yoga studio slash vegan cafe slash maybe even bed and breakfast combination of all those things slash, you know, yeah, just own, own, a, own a place that I could combine most like, and then, you know, it would have like a library with awesome books and like all the things I love in one place that I could just like own something and make money. But that is unlikely. So unless you go to Guatemala. You know, you're really the hippie. The hippie yeah. yoga world is is really right. itching for you down there. So, mm-hmm. anytime. Yeah, just kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, what was the original question? I for dream career. Oh yeah, duh. Um, rock. Oh, I was the reason why my brain was like, what is because I was thinking about Anne Helen Peterson and how much I envied her blog posts that she used to do before she got into BuzzFeed. And I would just marvel. Did you ever read them when she did like Hollywood celebrity stuff? I don't know that I ever did, but prior to BuzzFeed, no. Okay, yeah. She would just write these like insanely long blog posts, like really interesting posts about the history of Hollywood and women celebrities. That was her academic niche. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, how are you doing this? Right. You know, and it came out that, yeah, she spent like three to four hours on every blog post. Yeah. And I got into an interesting discussion with a fellow academic about labor and, mm-hmm. you know, but what was actually happening for her is she was investing in a future with BuzzFeed. I don't think totally. she knew she was going there, but, you know, totally. all that time did pay off because she had this rich online uh, profile right. or portfolio of her work um, that I was always in awe of and like. But a lot of times that work doesn't pay off. She's just like really lucky. She's yeah, like, totally. anyways, my dream career is to be like a rock star, like a Gwen, St- no, like Gwen Stefani in no doubt. Cool. Yeah. Love that. I also, I'm like kind of bummed that I never, uh, flexed my musician muscle because yeah. I do love to perform and I love to sing and like, I'm good at it. You know, I'm like good at dancing. I have the skills, Right. But I was always so concerned with like work and paying rent and, you know, then self-esteem kicks in. And then especially now it's like, well, I'm too old to I'm too old to start a band, you know, like everybody else would already know what it's, you know, because there's like dynamics that go into starting a band or a group. Right. That people will people have already figured out. And I would just be really. You're never too old. There's this like thing going around on social media. And it's like, did you know that? Morgan Freeman was 51 before he got his first acting role and somebody else was, I think, what's her name? Who's that famous French cook? Julia Child was super old when she first got her start. Like, it's very motivational. Maybe you should watch it and not doubt yourself. I'm just, I'm sad we never started a band because I love, I've, I have been in bands, but I would have, it would have been fun in Minneapolis. Yeah. Grad school was a little, it was a little rough for that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. In so many ways was it consuming. Yeah. Um, strength to anybody who's listening that's in grad school. It is not easy. Yeah. We support you. It's true. You'll get through it and it'll be good. Okay. Um, what is your favorite beverage? I have a lot of favorite beverages. I love water straight up, but I even love more than water. I love fizzy water, LaCroix La in particular. Um, so those things, green tea, I have green tea every day, currently iced green tea. Um, and as far as alcohol goes, I like champagne and I like, I am starting to develop an actual palate for like good wine. So I don't really want to drink alcohol unless it's like a good glass of wine or a good glass of champagne. I don't really drink hard liquor anymore. Um, unless it's the winter and it's whiskey, then I will drink it. But that's that. You? Coffee. Next question. (laughs) Most memorable road trip? Uh, I'm sure I've had some good ones in my adult life, but the one that came to mind instantly was my mom used to take me and the aforementioned Kimberly and a third friend of ours, Sherry. We were kind of like Three Musketeers-esque. 
Um, she would take us on like day trips or like overnight trips to like relatively close. Like we went from Cleveland to Cincinnati and we went to Pittsburgh and places that you could get in a drive. And we just had so much fun, like eating junk food and listening to our favorite CDs that you had to play through that tape, like that cassette that you plugged into your Discman. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I have really good memories of, of that. What about you? Um, I would say before I mention my favorite road trip, when you were talking, when you were sharing that memory, um, I remember when my, my mom, I would go run errands with my mom a lot after dinner. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time she rolled down the windows. I think I was with a friend too. And we were like screaming along to life is a highway. Oh, life is a highway. And like my hand was out the window and I yeah. just remember just being like, this is awesome. Oh, that's great. So that's a good memory good mom in the car memory. Yeah. Um, but I've driven across the country from the Midwest to Oregon three times now. And it's just really my favorite drive because the beautiful mountains and there's the Badlands and right. some, oh, Montana's beautiful, just like great scenery. Yeah. Um, and I just, all those trips have been really positive and great. So um, I don't love being in cars, but if I have to drive a long way, that would be the direction I'd drive. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done that trip? No, no, I've never really driven any, like I've driven from Chicago to Minneapolis and that's as far west. That's the only westward driving that, and then like Boston to Cleveland, but that's, that's it. Um, Yeah. It's, it seems beautiful, but I also like, you don't like to be in cars. So, but if I, but that sounds like it'd be worth it. Yeah, and I had to do it. It was more for labor. Like one time I was helping my friends drive their car out because right. they were moving. And then another time I was actually, I, the car that I drove out to Oregon, I actually got as my own car like many years later and mm-hmm. drove it back to yeah. Minnesota. So yeah, uh, so it's all been kind of like labor-based right. trips, but you know, yeah, it's cool. Um, okay, what is your best birthday memory um uh, one of my faves was I really like hosting and I really like themes and so I hosted a joint 21st birthday party with my friend Beth who was only turning 20 but we that was okay um and it was cupcakes and cocktails it was like a fancy dress up party um at my apartment in Chicago and we had exactly that. We had cupcakes and cocktails and I was 21 and all my friends were there and it was really fun. And uh, I had some good childhood ones too. My mom made my 16th birthday pretty special. I enjoyed some of my birthday parties in Minneapolis. Um, but the cupcakes and the cocktails stood out. What about that sounds you? sounds really cute. Yeah. Um, when I was 18, my dad threw me a surprise birthday party. And so I love it. Surprise surprise parties are so fun. I had one in middle school, but haven't in my adult life. And I would love one. Hint, hint, whoever is listening. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> a damn surprise party. Um, but that's so great. And you had no idea? Oh, no, no. Like, I even, my dad, like, so it was when I was living with my dad. And he had, so I had got scheduled at work. But then he called work and, like, well, I, I got fake scheduled at work. Mm-hmm. Like, he planned this. So I was on the schedule, and then last minute, they call, work called me and said that I didn't need to come in. Mm-hmm. So then that way, it guaranteed that I had no plans for the evening. That's so cool. Yeah, and then so my dad's like, oh, well, why don't we just, like, can I take you out to a birthday dinner since you don't have to work? And then, yeah, it was really... That's awesome. And then he said, oh, and then we sat down to eat. But, I mean, obviously, this was all planned out, but then he's like we should check out the banquet rooms. Like, I think we should have a party for you. Some, or I don't know what the excuse was to check out the banquet rooms. Mm-hmm. But then we walked there and then my friends were all just sitting there with candles, like humming. It was yeah. like my dad put, oh, puts on productions. That's and then amazing. The lights come on and then in sync. Cause I loved in sync then. Ah, uh, yeah. Blasted. And then he had like a PowerPoint presentation with all oh, these my pictures. Gosh. Oh yeah. He goes, all out. That if you want somebody, to, yeah. If you want somebody to throw you a party, like talk to my father because he's oh, just like he great. goes all out. Yeah. So, anyways, that was. I don't really like to make a big deal about my birthday. That was a little bit different because you know it's yeah. amazing. But I'm not. 
Like, you can't, I don't have my birthday on Facebook, and I just don't, the attention makes me feel kind of weird, but that's my personal problem. But anyways. Um, okay, we really need to talk about favorite concerts and favorite protests. So okay. let's do concerts. Okay. So it's like um, first concert, the survey says first concert, most recent one, and favorite. Okay. So my first concert, I was six or seven years old, and it was Paula Abdul with Color Me Bad. I went to that one, too. Did you really? Oh, my God. Yes, but I was yeah. a little bit older. Yeah. That's yes, aw- that's awesome. I went to that same tour in Milwaukee. That's so cool. Yeah. So that, it was amazing. I, I, like, remember it vividly. Um, she had this wow. music video with like a, it was like a cartoon and like, uh, the, the, the cat in the video, it was like a cartoon cat. And there was like a guy in a costume like mm-hmm. that who came on stage. Mm. Remember? Yeah. So I loved, I loved Paula Abdul. So that was my first, my most recent was just this past week. I saw this performer, Juliana Barwick, who was good. It was very like hipster. It was kind of like noise sounds like just kind of, it was good. It was pretty. It was just. It was like in an art museum. Like it was, it was kind of, I was, I was like not hip enough for it, but it was, it was, it was good. Um, and my favorite concert ever, probably, um, I've had a lot of really good ones, but Against Me is one of my favorite bands. Um, and I saw them perform in a basement of a house in Cleveland. No way. Yeah. A punk house in Cleveland called Fort Totally Awesome before, before Against Me exploded um and and got really popular uh yeah they were playing basement shows in punk houses and i was in high school and dating this punk rock vegan lefty guy and he took me along and i was like this is amazing and against me continues to be one of my favorite bands every show every concert i've seen since then of them has been amazing and it and i do have to say i feel pretty fucking punk rock for having that dude Seriously, yeah. especially having that boyfriend. When I was so not that cool in high school. <sighs> I but here's the thing: like I loved that show, but I would go to that punk house, and I was like, I'm not cool enough for these people. Oh. Like I, I still felt insecure. Like mm-hmm. I, so I was, I was cool by proxy, but I wasn't quite that cool. Okay, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, this guy Jim would give me rides to school because I didn't have a car or my license was suspended or something. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad. He would, like, play no effects in the car and, like, uh-huh. he was, like, this punk rock dude. And I got so mad that the punks at my school didn't like me. You know, like, they yeah. didn't. I, and I was like, seriously, guys, like, I'm so down, but I don't think I had the right look. And, you know, people yeah. are very superficial in high school. Okay. And so I didn't have the look. And then, of course, as often as the case, if you're a younger listener... You know, he grew up to be this, like, suburban banker dude. You right. Know? <laughs> and then I ended up, like, doing decently, like, anyways. It's right. just funny. <laughs> the cool people in high school sometimes do not become the cool people when you're adults. Right. It's true. It's true. It's a good reminder. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, but your, but your concert list? First concert was, I think technically it was Rafi and, mm-hmm. the, Ele- and the Elephant Show. Do you remember yeah. that? I do. Skin on my rinky-dinkies. Okay. But then I think that's, like, not really a true concert. So my first true concert was New Kids on the Block. My dad took me. And I, like, loved it. And I remember coming home and, like, telling my mom all the funny stuff that happened. Because it was, like, an arena show, you know? So they really, like, amp it up. Yeah. Um, And then I think my most recent concert was Lizzo, which was my birthday Uh, in February. Yeah. That's a great, great thing, though. Although I'm, like... My, like, hesitation is, like, that's weird that I haven't seen a show since then, but um, that's how it is. I skipped Girl Party. So Girl Party broke up the the intro song that we use. Um, They did their last show at this big festival called Rock the Garden this last weekend, but it was, like, $64 or something to go. You would have, like, you're going to be mad at me. Chance the Rapper performed. For real? Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been the two of them together are like, well worth $64. I know. I knew you were going to say that to me, but Uh, it's summertime. I don't, I know outdoor, outdoor shows are rough for me actually in general, like big festival shows. Yeah. It was just, it was very hot that day. You can't bring stuff in. It just wasn't appealing for me. Um, but I, I knew what I was missing. So, but my favorite concert is it? T- I've seen so many shows that it's really hard to. I think different eras. I would have yeah. favorite shows, but my like currently, in my current day melody, it would be either Girl Party, 
and or Big Frida, and they both played at the oh. Triple Rock, which is this really small venue, and so it just really creates this intimacy. Yeah. And, like, have you seen Big Frida before? I have not. Okay. Live. So her shows are just crazy booty bouncing yeah. parties. But the smaller the venue is, the better it is because everybody's jam-packed against each other. Right. Um, I saw her at a bigger venue um, maybe a year after that, and it just wasn't the same because everybody was spread out, you know? Yeah. So it was just like a sweaty – it felt like a sweaty basement show. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's that was awesome. Cool. Well, okay, so let's do um, our favorite protest next. Okay. Or first, um, most recent, most memorable. Okay, yeah, because it's hard. So, yeah, sometimes, like, favorite is a tough word for protest because it's, like, lots of feelings. That, yeah, anyway. not favorite. Yeah, that's right. Word. Um, so my first protest was an Iraq war protest in Cleveland in 2002. We've both talked about how those, that's, like, our roots. Mm-hmm. So it was back when I was still in high school. Um, most recent, I think, was a Black Lives Matter slash police violence which is obviously inter- interlinked, but the one in, that I went to in Minneapolis with you as well in this past um, November, because um, I just haven't, admittedly, I, I just don't get out to a lot of activisty things in Boston, which makes me sad. But um, so yeah, just this past November in Minneapolis. And the most memorable was I was at the RNC protest in Minneapolis in 2008 when all hell broke loose. And I wasn't really part of like the massive chaos and tear gassing and like I wasn't quite as close to the sort of police state repression that was happening because I stuck with the nonviolent march um but I had a lot of friends who were really impacted by that and I was like I had taken a bus with my friend from Chicago and we were just like walking around Minneapolis or St. Paul rather um yeah I was in St. Paul I just sort of like it was like in just just like weird day long like place of like wow giant this is like a this is gonna be a memorable protest so yeah you that's interesting my protests like line up almost like very similar so first protest was anti-war protest in chicago i was living in milwaukee i dragged my friend kevin who wasn't we weren't even like very political but i was like we have to go to this and like made him go all the way down to chicago to protest and it was awesome it was like my first big protest um i was very against the war so it just it was just a cool introduction i think that's my first protest that's what's really coming to my memory but i could be wrong Um, most recent was um the jamar clark shooting here in minneapolis um they announced the that the there would be no charges like Mm -hmm. civil rights charges filed no it was when there was no charges in actual court okay because there was two sets of charges brought up against these police officers. Mm-hmm. So the first time around when it was like, we're not going to charge them with it, with murder or anything, then there was a protest. And so I went to that. And then uh, my most memorable one is very similar. I was at, uh, I went to Bush's second inauguration to protest it. Oh, yeah. Me and my Where friend- was that? DC. Oh, the inauguration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we drove to DC and (laughs) just to protest because that's how I hate him. Like, with, Mm -hmm. oh, God. But this is a positive episode. Yep. (laughs) And so I, (laughs) but the, oh my God, it was so awesome. It was my first exposure to Black Block. Which, if mm, yeah. people aren't familiar, they're like anarchists. They dress in all black. They will be violent. They will throw things back at the cops. They put barricades up. Like they really fight against the police. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do property damage. And I saw them coming, and I was just like, "We're joining them." Like I didn't oh, even wow. know what it was, but I was yeah. like, "This is amazing!" Like this is what I want to do. I don't want to do yeah. this like hippy dippy peace sign, you know, end war. I was like, this is it. I want (laughs) to F stuff up. And so Uh we joined in like, seriously, two minutes later, pepper spray everywhere. And so we avoided it, but I was like hooked. I was like, these are my people. And we just followed them around. And it basically broke up after the the pepper spray stuff. But then I came back to Milwaukee and like, I was definitely changed because I was like, I didn't know that those people existed, you know? Yeah. And then I... And then I started, help start an SDS chapter, and it was just, oh, cool. it was a good I time. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have time for two more questions, and I'm going to make them music-related. So, um, artist versus artist. Um, and then we'll do our media stuff. So, 
Rachel, Drake or Kanye? Both. Did you make up this question? Yeah, I did. God. It's a leading <laughs> question. Okay. I, I really like them both. I mean, I, I think I would prefer to listen to Drake's music, like, more so. I really like the most recent Kanye album, and I like a lot of Kanye songs. But I just, I don't remember if we really talked about Kanye that much before, but I think we must have a little bit. But I really defend him as uh, somebody who speaks when he wants to or when he's capable of it. He articulates some really good critiques of racism and classism, even though he's like a billionaire. Um, but he uh, he says some pretty fucking right on stuff, More certainly more political than Drake. Um, and I'm really like invested in the sociopolitical impact of the Kardashian like royal family, which he is a part of. Um, and I like a lot of his music, but obviously I like Drake as we've talked about on the show for an entire episode too. So both. Okay. I'm not, I feel like I don't even need to answer this question. Yes, you if, don't. If but. viewers don't know then, or listeners don't know, then you need to like re-listen to some episodes like the Drake episode that I insisted that we do. All right. But, but I was just having this conversation yesterday with somebody about Kanye I had on my shirt that says, uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mm-hmm. Which is I a, didn't know you had that shirt. That's awesome. Hell yeah. It yeah. showed up at a resale store that I follow on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. And I called and ordered it like <laughs> a minute after. I was like, I'm buying it. Like, I don't just, yes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's like one of my, I just, this that moment was very like pinnacle for me, like right. in my political world. But it's the quote that he said after Hurricane Katrina on live TV. It was right. amazing. It was totally amazing. Oh, my God. And since he did that, like, that was at the beginning of his career. Like, I cannot hate on Kanye because right. he did that. So okay. it's just like, yeah. I don't love his music, but I will never forget that he did that. And he just really changed. Well, he helped change some of the conversations, forced people to start talking about it. Yeah. Totally. Oh, he's the best. Okay. So let's end on, maybe we'll throw in another, this one's a little dark, but Michael Jackson or Prince? So I put this in because it's the anniversary of MJ's death, um, which was, I remember that day very vividly. It was a dance. I was a big, big Michael Jackson fan, not as big as Melody as I learned very soon upon meeting (laughs) meeting her. Um, But I definitely have loved his music. Every era of his music has been amazing. He's done some really amazing stuff about race and the prison system. And I think at his core really wanted like, just like a beautiful, like to heal the world and make it a better place. Um, And uh, so I definitely, I mean, definitely more invested in him musically and for other reasons, more so than Prince, as we sort of talked about on the Prince episode that, you know, I was never really a super fan. Um, I do want to sort of make the little asterisk that there, there is even more evidence that's been discovered recently about his likely involvement with child sexual abuse and pornography and, uh, child pornography. And so that is sad and hurts my heart. And I think he was damaged and I'm I'm not making excuses at all, um, so I am admittedly doing the very unfeminist move, I guess, of like compartmentalizing and being like, he's great, slash, except for this thing. So like, I don't do the same thing for Woody Allen, like fuck Woody Allen now, even though I like Woody Allen, but because he's a fucking abuser, I'm like, nope. You know why though? Cause let me riff off that. Cause my answer yeah. is also Michael Jackson for life. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay. And again, I am aware that I am defending him and I am not okay with child porn or child molestation. Okay. But, and it's because I have unconditional love for Michael Jackson that I would even be saying this stuff anyways, you know, Mm -hmm. but like he, I feel like he was a superstar before he was even a teenager Mm -hmm. and, and he came from an abusive home. Mm-hmm. So those two things will fuck you up mentally. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. And we see child stars, like, fall apart on the regular, like Britney Spears, mm-hmm. um, Miley Cyrus. Justin Bieber <laughs> is clearly, like, losing his shit right now, which is sad. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Justin Timberlake came out, like, totally. Very, like, very adjusted, well-adjusted. <laughs> very well-adjusted. Yeah. But, like, 
um, I can understand Michael Jackson's mental illness. He's he like, he was not okay mentally. That was very clear, especially later in his life. And I don't think he ever got help for it. Yeah. And I think that's true. I don't know a ton about, um, child porn and child molestation, but I do know at least with child molestation that they're often coming from abused homes that it just doesn't come out of nowhere, you know? And so I do have empathy for him because I know he had a fucked up childhood and that doesn't set you up very well. And if you're that kind of star, um, you know, he just didn't have an easy life. I think celebrity culture really um, puts a lot of pressure on these people. And then when they can't handle it, we then come back and just totally trash them for not being able to handle it. You know, like the Britney Spears breakdown is like perfect. It's like everybody mocked her. It's like, well, we did that to her. Like we, you know, we put her through the ringer in so many ways. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I I very much believe that hurt people hurt people. And like, that's the, like the crux of transformative justice. And like, I clearly, it's interesting. This like very light episode, I think is going to be one of the first that I like want to put like an explicit, like trigger warning content note. Cause like, obviously like that's not, you know, not everybody can hear any sort of empathy for, for folks like that. So, um, that is totally true because if we were talking about a rapist right now and I was listening, I'd be like, well, he, I guess technically is, but, um, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like if somebody was like, let's talk about how wonderful Chris Brown is. But I will say through my own therapy that with unconditional love and like kind of detaching from people comes this like form of empathy that, is is like helpful for just like survival obviously i don't like have to deal with michael jackson on the daily but like in my you know family of origin and stuff it's been helpful yeah so that's how i'm like processing him and also i just fucking he's just so great with the political stuff and heal the world still makes me cry and he just you know when i was a kid hearing those songs you know about how fucked up the police were and you know it was just important for me to hear and I just learned a lot from him. So it's just a bummer. I'm just maybe more sad that that's what happened to him, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree. Um, And for better or worse, when it comes down to MJ v. Prince, I pick MJ. Okay. Um, I want to end on a happier one. What is your favorite animal other than a cat? Because obviously that's our number one animal. Yes, for sure. This is kind of a hard one. Like I love, I really like, I've seen animals of every species and been like, oh my gosh, I usually say like my sort of go-to phrase for something being really cute is like, oh my gosh, it looks like my kitten. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I've seen a lot of animals that look quote unquote, look like my kitten. Um, Robots do that too. The BB-8 from Star Wars looks like my kitten. Um, So just cute things look like my kitten. So it's, I mean like literally every, so many animals have done that. But if I had to pick, I would say monkeys or piggies. That's interesting. I pick spider monkeys. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I remember when I was at the zoo. Oh, I hate zoos. Fuck zoos. But when I was younger, I was at a zoo. And I remember being enthralled with the spider monkeys. Like, I just sat there and watched them, like, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I'm very sorry that the spider monkeys were in captivity. Yeah. And I did not need that experience to learn that I love spider monkeys. But it is a memory. Um, see, I can't even end on a pot. I still had to kill joy that. Okay. Um, <laughs> is uh, there what, a- what? Okay. Do you want to, you go, you go, go, go. Uh, let's try this one. How can we fuck this one up? Favorite spice? <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about colonial. No! English. <laughs> um, okay. Cinnamon. I'll stop there. Turmeric. How about Perfect. favorite witch practice? Smudging. I don't have one, but I support. <gasps> Why well, do smudge? smudge? I didn't know it was a witch thing. No, I do smudge. I have sage. Oh. I didn't know that was a witchy thing. I think it's witchy. I thought it was just like hippy dippy cleansing the. I think it's. I think it's witchy. I have. I have. Have you ever smudged a place and not told, like maybe a shared space or like somebody else's space and not told them you smudged? No, I didn't. That's, oh, you do that. I've totally done that. Spaces. Yeah, that's, that's smart. But I was no, like, I this needs to be smudged. But if I tell them I'm smudging, they're going to be like, what? Right. <laughs> but some places just need to get cleansed. Yeah, it's true. So, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
Well, uh, what are we doing for our media? Uh, we didn't process this. We didn't. Should we just RWL it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'll go quick. Um, so I just finished that Jeanette Winterson book that I've been reading, um, her memoir. It was really great. I really, it's great. It's called why, why being, why be happy when you could be normal. It's a really good book. Um, I'm watching, I am working through Orange is the New Black. I'm not impressed with this season. I have a lot of critiques. Um, it's not, it's just not that great, but I am watching it out of curiosity and I'm listening to um, nothing really new. That 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 work mix that I talked about last week is mostly mostly what I've been listening to. There's a new Leaf song that I just put on it. Oh, and Lion Babe is a new. Oh. Do you know Lion Babe? No. Oh, you'd like them. Anyway. Do you know the Scissor Sisters? Yeah. What are they? Because Robert referenced them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying, like, I definitely know of them. I'm trying to, like, think of, like, a song, and I don't... Do you, like, do you like know. them? They're, like, a I poppy don't, like, queer band. Yeah, I knew that, but I don't think... I've never, like, listened to them regularly to the point that I can't think of a song. Okay. But I know of them. Okay. So, yeah. I just love that my partner, like, referenced Scissor Sisters, and I had yeah. no idea. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, um... I'm reading, I just read this awesome article in the New York Times Magazine about Netflix and um, the like industry, like the profit stuff behind it, because I talk about Netflix a lot in class teaching yeah. media. And it was just really, it's going to be like really great material when we have a TV week about kind of how it works behind the scenes. And I would um, love to read that. Did you post it on Facebook? No, I get the, it's in the Sunday issue that I get, but I can okay. definitely post it. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then I am watching nothing, but I do want to, I will watch Orange is the New Black. I will start watching it. I'll probably binge watch it. There's been, if people haven't been paying attention, there's been some pretty harsh critiques of this last season about being trauma porn for white people, like black people trauma porn. Did you see that article? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of spoilers. A huge character dies. I don't know how. And. So it seems um, like there's some problematic parts to this episode, to the season. So can you watch, can you watch this, ep- this season without having to like r- really watch season two? Cause I kind of stopped. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Amber, you, you, is the, the white lesbian that, that I totally missed out on. Ruby Rose. Ruby yeah. Rose. The, the, Amber honestly, Rose. Good yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <sighs> yeah, no, you can. There'll be some references to past plot lines, but not not so much that you would be that miss. Missing okay, that maybe I'll read like a season summary. I just can't yeah. uh, start yeah. over. Okay, and then uh, listening to nothing. I'm so bad. I'm like, I'm like not good with new music. That's all you. Oh well, can I say that I listened to the No Bill No Break thing? I had that on in the background. Yeah, when I was making yeah. my. I made a DIY WNBA jersey because my favorite player doesn't have a jersey. And so I was listening to all the speeches. And that's when I was like, I'm sorry, you're saying no fly, no buy? Like, when I started yeah. hearing that stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I got it in solidarity. I always have to just like at least partially be like, yes, right. good job, direct action. Right. Um, even if I don't fully support their tactics also paul ryan is from wisconsin he was our so thank you wisconsin has produced scott walker and paul ryan yeah you're so welcome right (laughs) the democratic party in wisconsin is not bueno it is not it needs to be a the minnesota being in minnesota i'm like wow you can actually have really strong radical democrats like what a concept yeah so Okay, I sorry. I'm really sorry. I try to keep it positive, and I'm so yeah. We, <laughs> we we failed a little bit. We tried. <laughs> How long does it take to kill joys to kill the joy of their joyful episode? Right. Womp womp. All right, we'll leave it there. WTF? Yep. <laughs> Power. Bye.
No static now. Uh, Ooh, hot mic, hot mic. No, no static though. Hmm. I'm holding it. And then if I attach it, it's feeding off my computer. Hmm. Hmm. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if you wanted to work correct. I'm going to make a song. <laughs> to record. This is what we should be recording. These need to be our bloopers. It is recording. My oh, podcast. nice. Okay, I need to sample that at some point. Cast. So then we could get popular real fast. Um, hello. Okay, I'm going to come up with a song, but you can definitely okay. use some of this. That reminds me. 